Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we're in Chapter 5, uh, Type Theory Design 1, Realizability. That's the title. That's the title at the moment. And uh, anyway, we are talking about some a very basic issue in the design of a type theory, and one that's not really, um, doesn't seem to be explicitly considered too much but it's really fundamental. I mean, it's, it's not like people don't, aren't aware of it. People are very aware of this distinction between Church-style and Curry-style typing. And as a reminder, again, so Church-style means that your typing annotations are actually part of your program expression. There's not really a notion that they can be erased. Um, you might discover that you could erase them, and it wouldn't affect, you know, somehow you could prove a theorem that somehow it wouldn't, wouldn't affect the outcomes of computation in any way that you cared about. Uh, but sort of the, the basic starting point is that your language has these type annotations, in particular for lambda abstractions. You know, like if you want to say lambda xx, right, that's the identity function. With church-style typing, you'd have to say something like, you know, lambda x of type bool x. So you have to actually give an annotation for this type uh, for this variable x, you have to say what its type is, and that type is really part of that program. So that program lambda x of type bool dot x is considered different from the program lambda x of type nat x. These are distinct functions. Your theory says, sorry, they're not the same. Perhaps you could extend your theory that could reason about, you know, the fact that they behave the same, that they're observationally equivalent, but uh, the theory that says those are different programs. Under Curry-style typing, you don't have any annotations on your lambda-bound variables, so you just have lambda xx. There's, you can assign a type, so that's the, the terminology that's often used. You can, there, you can have a type assignment system. That means I've got these untyped lambda terms, or, or more generally it could be whatever kind of program expressions you have, like lambda calculus plus something, or whatever it is, uh, and you say, but it has no types as, as part of it, because it just has what you need to actually run the programs. Um, and then you say, uh, or I mean, hey, even if you wanted to have runtime typing if for some reason, like runtime uh, type case or something, which I do not approve of, but, <laughs> but, but you know, it's sensible to consider adding something like this. You might still have some type annotations that are not necessary and others that are necessary for, for whatever runtime dispatch on types you wanted to do. So um, anyhow, you were, you're erasing type annotations. So... Uh, you know, so you just have lambda xx, and you can assign it a type. You could say that's a bool to bool function. You can you can independently say that's a nat to nat function. And of course, if you have polymorphism, then you're going to be able to eventually say things like for any type x, that's an x to x function. I mean, we can recognize that as a meta level statement. Any type I wish, I could assign x to x. Any type x I wish, I could assign the type x to x to lambda xx. But um, you know, we internalize this meta level quantification as a polymorphic type. So we assign, we can assign the type for all x, xrx, to that term, lambda x dot x. Um, anyway, that's a small digression, but the, the main point is, are your type annotations erased, or are they not? Are they really part of your term, or are they just there to guide the type checker? Okay, we've talked a couple episodes now about this idea. So I had a couple of points I wanted to make related to uh, Curry-style typing today. So Sadil, this language we're working on here, is based on Curry-style typing. So the type annotations in programs um, are just annotations. They are not, uh, they, they don't have any runtime effect, and they are erased by the compiler and erased by the type checker when it's time to reason about 
whether you know programs are equivalent. So we don't have this problem that's sort of like lambda x of type bool x and lambda x of type nat x are actually different programs. We'll just say it's a deal. And in other query style typing, you'll say, well, those are both really just lambda xx because those typing annotations can be erased. And that but then we can see that they're the same function. Um, and this actually raises, uh, so yeah, there's a, a point I want to make about this. Um, there, you know, there's this uh, type theory that's, I think, quite academically influential called New Pearl. And this was developed at Cornell University uh, by Robert Constable and his team over a course of decades. And um, this different, I don't think this tool really was ever adopted and used outside of their group, but they published a lot of good papers with a lot of interesting ideas. And as I understand New Pearl, uh, the idea was that we are going to, we have a notion of typing that applies to terms, and I, as best as I can get, understand, I think the idea is that this is, we're going to have a kind of curry style setup. So we have programs that don't have type annotations in them, and then we're going to assign types to them. Uh, something like this roughly must be the case, because what I am pretty sure about is that the idea in New Pearl was that you will write proofs of typings. So you'll have a program and you want to prove that it has a certain type. And so to do this, you'll use some, some typing rules that, you know, the idea was you're going to actually sit there and construct sort of formal typing derivations to, to demonstrate that things have their types. And um, that's kind of, that's pretty unwieldy. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to pigeonhole the, that work at, like this, but that, that sort of basic starting point, let's just, let's just say, and I, I know having listened to, for example, Robert Constable's interview on the, the Type Theory podcast, um, that you know, they, they layered on automated reasoning algorithms on top of this sort of basic infrastructure too, to try to figure out types for you automatically so you don't have to sit there and laboriously write proofs of every little typing of a program that you have. Um, but, but the point I want to make is, uh, when I sort of learned about these things and was thinking about query style typing, it's kind of, there's, you know, yes, the sort of more pure way of thinking about things and, and the realizability perspective we talked about last time would, would support this is, you know, I've got these untyped programs and I've got these types that are basically just really compact ways of expressing properties of the behavior of those programs. I mean, properties of the programs, uh, you know, in terms of their behavior. And so, uh, yes, in, in a sense that, Showing that a term is a you know realizes a type, uh, in other words, that it, it behaves the way the type says it should behave. You know, if it's a function type, then given arguments that satisfy the domain part of the function type, then calling the function on such an argument will satisfy the range part of the function type. This kind of idea that we talked about last time for realizability, um, proving those kind of that, that terms realize their types. Yeah, that's, there's nothing that's at all really suggests that that should be somehow, you know, you just think, okay, I'm going to have to have some rules for doing such proofs and I'll, I need to work in some kind of logic to prove these typings. And to me, I, you know, years ago, it seemed like a pretty obvious idea that in fact, <laughs> the best way to do this would be to just overlap, overlay such typing derivations on top of the untyped term. And so you will write a program with typing annotations, and the erasure of that program is is what you'll be you're showing realizes a type. 
And so your proof that the term realizes the type is basically just kind of a, the same, you know, a single artifact is both the program um, that you're showing is a, is a realizer of a type and also the proof that it realizes the type. Because the structure of the proof that the term realizes the type is, well, at least in our current state of knowledge, is pretty similar to the term itself. There are type annotations, meaning there's some extra stuff I have to put in there to have a proof that I can actually um, effectively check. Right? That's the big problem. I should maybe I should have said that. So if you want to say, if you just say, oh, this is a cool idea. I have my programs and I have these types, and I just want to show. Can't I have an algorithm that can just say, yeah, this term could be assigned that type? You can only do that for pretty weak type systems. Like the second you add polymorphism, for example, uh, in predicative polymorphism, that certainly uh, like this kind of thing where you can say for all x, x0, x, and that type x can be instantiated by any other type, including that very type itself. That's that's the impredicative quantification, which I'm sure I'll have occasion to speak more about later in the podcast. Uh, anyway, trying to, to tell whether an untyped, a term of untyped lambda calculus can be assigned a polymorphic type like that is a provably unsolvable, algorithmically unsolvable problem. So that's undecidable to tell whether a, a term can be assigned a type of polymorphic lambda calculus, um, which is also known as system F. Uh, and so, uh, so that means you... You're going to have to do something. You can't just rely on an algorithm to just check this for you. Um, simply type lambda calculus where you just have base types and arrow types. Um, that one you can uh, check inhabitation, you know, uh, check, sorry, type assignment uh, with an algorithm. But you can't do that for fancier type systems. And so you could have this, you know, this sort of, as I understood, the new approach to being to prove a typing with some other apparatus. Or you can simply overlay such proofs of typing onto the term you're showing has the type. And then it just looks like you have a typed term. <laughs> and it's pretty much the same sort of thing you would write in a church style, uh, or sometimes called intrinsic type theory, like in Cock or Agda. Um, so, you know, you'll write something that looks really similar. The difference is that you have a semantics that says you can erase all those type annotations. Uh, and that's the real program. So the, the, the type annotations are really just hints to the compiler. Um, yeah. So, uh, but you know, so there, but there's nothing that says you know you you couldn't approach this differently. That you could just have untyped terms and prove typings of them. And you know, the so I guess there's there's. You can since under these systems in this Curry style approach, you can have different typings for the same term. Um, that either means you know if, if you compared sort of like proving a typing versus the uh, annotated term approaches, if we can distinguish these two approaches um, with the annotated term approach, you if you want to assign two different typings to a program, you're going to have to basically write your program twice with different annotations. With the which that's not very desirable, certainly. With the proving a typing approach, you're going to have to write two proofs of the two different typings of your one in the same program. And so, unless writing those proofs was a lot easier than writing an annotated program, you know, that's going to be a pretty similar burden. Now, it could be that somehow uh, proving typings turned out to be easier than writing annotated programs. I mean, that would be cool, because then that would 
that would tell you you could you just write your untyped program and then you'd write these several a couple of proofs about its different typings if you wanted to have different typings. Um, now it might seem kind of exotic. Why do I want to have different typings? <laughs> that seems strange. I'm used to thinking of my program as it either has a type or it doesn't have a type, and um, I'm not really used to thinking about it having multiple different types. And what would that possibly buy me? Uh, actually, it's, you'd be surprised. There's actually a lot of interesting wrinkles, you know, interesting stuff you can do if you have this capability. Um, one of the first things that that enables, and query style typing enables in general, is intersection types. Intersection types, a term has a type A, intersect B, if it both has type A and also has type B. Um, it's different from a product type. That's where the term can be broken into two components. One, has, one component has type A, the other component has type B. But with intersection types, the one in the same term has two types, and the intersection of those types can then also be assigned to the term. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so we're kind of in the, in the thick of things here talking about query style typing, and um, we'll pick that up again soon. Thank you for listening.